Hey there, welcome to the Favorite Church Podcast. We are a church for imperfect people who want to know God and make Him famous. In this episode, we'll be revisiting a message from one of our Sundays in church. Let's listen to our senior pastor, James Aiden. Well, if you're just tuning in now, I want to thank you so much for watching Favor Church. Today, we are on ABS, CBN, on the Sports and Action Channel, and on Channel 955 on Sky Cable, and I'm going to preach today. My name is James, and I'm the pastor of Favor Church, and if you have your Bibles, whether it's, it's an actual Bible on your phones, or you can look it up on the internet, I'm going to read today from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. This is what it says. It says, through him then... Let us continually offer up sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Uh, The title of my message today is simply this, even when I don't feel like it. (laughs) Have you ever had to do something even when you didn't feel like it? Let me give you an example from my life. This example is simply called every single day of parenthood is doing something that I don't really want to do. I don't feel like doing it. Just last week, seven days ago on Sunday, we had an incredible first nine services in our services where we streamed it. And at night, I stayed up for the midnight madness. It, it was incredible. I was up till about 1.30 a.m. chatting with people online, welcoming new people. We had a great time. I got to sleep about, about 1.45 a.m. Well, at, at about 4 a.m., my son wakes up. And like, it's freaky when my son wakes up because he can get out of his room. We put him in this new bed on the floor. So he gets out of his room and he kind of just stands there. It's like Chucky the doll, just like he just stands there. He doesn't say anything. You feel like this little doll's about to kill you, right, in your room. So I freak out. I get up. I take him back to his bed, and I kind of put him down. I'm like, stay there. You know, it's time to go to sleep. I go back, and I got this little baby monitor. So I'm watching him, and I'm kind of there, and I'm so tired. I've only got a couple hours sleep. It's been a big day of church, and I'm kind of in and out. All of a sudden, I see him sitting up in the baby monitor, right? I say, And not just that, but his diaper, his nappy, his diaper is around his ankles and he's kind of just doing this. I'm like, ah. Oh. So I walk in the room, right? And I'm having this moment, like every, every parent's had this moment. It's like, do I ignore this? <laughs> do I just pray that my wife does this? Come on now, husbands, you, you act like you're asleep. You can hear that kid. You're just praying your wife gets up, right? Like it's having this moment. And even though I didn't feel like doing it, I knew I had to do it. Why? Because I'm the dad. So I get up. I walk in there. I turn on the light. He's sitting there. He looks up at me like he just got caught, like a deer, like, like he just got caught. Not only are his pants around his ankles and his diapers there, right beside him, there's a, a huge pile of vomit. He's vomited. He's sick in the bed. He's vomited. It's now 4.15 in the morning. I've only been asleep for three hours. I'm, I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm, I'm wishing I'd learned about contraception sooner. All these thoughts are going through my mind, right? And what did I do? Did I just leave him there? No, 
I grabbed him. I took him to the toilet. I cleaned up the bed sheets. I wiped him down and I put him back down to bed and I laid with him until he got to sleep. Did I want to do that? Absolutely not. If you're a parent, you're like, oh, that's so sweet. I want to do that. No, you don't. Not after three kids and five years of doing that. Don't give me that. You don't want to do it. Why? But you do it. Why? Even if you don't feel like doing it, you do it. Why? Because it's the sacrifice of being a parent. And a sacrifice generally involves us doing something that we don't want to do. In Hebrews, in this chapter, it talks about three sacrifices in these, verse, uh, in these two verses. It talks about the sacrifice of praise. It talks about the sacrifice of doing good and the sacrifice of sharing what you have. Now, those last two, doing good, sharing what you have, those are great things that today I'm not going to preach on. I've been talking about those things a lot over the last seven, eight weeks of our lockdown. And I just want to encourage you, if you're not doing anything good right now, start doing something good. Your family, your friends, they need you to do something good. If you have much, give to those, share with those that have little. It will cost you. It's a sacrifice in order to do it. And I want to let you know, church, I am so proud of you. I'm so proud that you've continued to give to church. Because you give, uh, Kate just did the offering before, but because you give, we're now able to feed thousands of families every single week. We're, we're giving away a lot of money every single week. Why? Because we should. We need to. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. And so if you have much, give, share to those that have little. But today, I want to focus on that first sacrifice, the sacrifice of praise. But before we can talk about the sacrifice, we need to talk about what praise is. You know, when you praise something or someone, what you're doing is you are bringing attention to something good about that person or about that object. And let's face it, we all love being praised, right? Now, some of you are like, no, I feel awkward. You know, don't praise it. Whatever. Inside each of us, I I'm a words of affirmation love language guy. I'm physical touch and words of affirmation. So I'm struggling very hard in this lockdown. If you just come up to me and tell me I love you, I had my birthday uh, a few weeks ago, and it was so wonderful on lockdown to receive so many messages just from friends, from people in our church, and I read every single message. I responded to every single message, and inside of me, it was, it was amazing for people to say nice things. There's this affirmation, and, and if you don't like that, well, let me pray for you, because it's, there is something nice about people saying nice things about us, and so when it comes to God and praising God, even before we can begin to praise God for what he's done, we should just praise God for who he is. Psalm chapter 95, verse 2 to 3, it says this, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving and let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. You know, to praise God is to bring attention, to call attention to his glory. And it's then from his glory that we can begin to praise him for all the incredible things that he has done. Can I tell you today that praise is not a reward that we give God because of how he blessed us, right? It's not like when we go, oh, hallelujah, we praise you. God's like, oh, oh, I did well. They praised me today. No, our praise to God is not a reward for him for the good things that he's done. In giving myself to praise, I declare my total alignment with God's purpose. 
When I'm praising, I am declaring my total alignment with God's purpose, who he is, and what he has for my life. You know, I preached about this about eight weeks ago. Praise may not change your situation, but what it does is it changes your perspective. You may still be going through the exact same thing, but when you begin to praise Jesus and lift your eyes to heaven, it changes your perspective in a situation. So what is then a sacrifice of praise? This is simply what it is. It's praising God even when you don't feel like it. It's praising God when you don't feel like it. And I know that thousands of people, the moment I said that, just said amen. Because right now in this season, for a lot of us, it's hard to praise God. It's hard to praise God in the middle of this season. You know, when things are tough, the sacrifice of the praise is still deciding when things aren't going the way we want it, when we're not being blessed the way we want it. Our sacrifice is us aligning with God and saying, no matter what I am going through, I am still aligning with you and your purposes for my life and your purposes for where I am going. In the middle of COVID, with a loved one or someone you know that just died, can you still praise God? In the middle of COVID, when you've just lost your job or your income, or you've been put down to part-time instead of full-time and you're struggling, can you still praise God? In the middle of COVID, being stuck with your children 24 hours a day for the last eight weeks, can you still praise God? I'm telling you, and many of you already know it, if you can praise God in those seasons, if you can praise God in the storms, in the tough times, when it seems like God is not blessing you, it will hurt. It will cost you in those seasons to praise God. But as much as what you're giving God, it is nothing compared to what God has given you. God has given you life. The breath in your lungs has come from God. I love what David writes in Psalm 139, verse 14. It's a famous verse. It says this, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. I love that David writes this because he's saying, he's saying, man, I'm praising you. Why? Because you made me. You made me. David's giving all this praise to God, but it, it doesn't compare from the fact that God made David. He created David. How incredible is that thought? And so how does this writer in Hebrews, how does he write and talk and describe this sacrifice of praise? Well, he describes it this way, by being the fruit of our lips, the acknowledgement of praise. And you know, this fruit of the lips, it's quite an interesting phrase. It's a unique phrase that's actually found in the Old Testament in uh, the, the writings and the prophecies of both Isaiah and of Hosea in Isaiah 57 and in Hosea chapter 14. And both of these prophets, they use this phrase, the, the fruit of the lips, as they're talking about the sins of the Israelite people. And they're bringing and drawing and, and pleading with them to come back and to repent to God of their sins and offer the fruit of their lips. In both of these passages, we see that the fruit of the lips is a confession 
of praise. They'll praise him for healing. They'll praise him for restoration and they'll praise him for, pe- for peace. And, and I think it's very significant that the writer of Hebrews actually uses this same phrase. It's, it's almost this confession of praise, which is a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. I'm sacrificing my pride. I'm sacrificing my agenda to give you praise in this situation. And I think it's very interesting that he uses the example of a fruit. You know, who doesn't love fruit? I love fruit, big, juicy fruit. And fruit, what is fruit? Fruit is the result of hard labor. And fruit can sustain us as we eat it. And fruit can be both good and bad. Have you ever sunk your teeth into a fresh, juicy pomela? Oh, oh, I love pomelas, mangoes. I'm so glad I live in a tropical nation where we have tropical fruits. And I love those juicy fruits. But have you ever bitten into a fruit that's off? Into, into an apple that has a worm inside of it? Have you ever bitten into it? And, you know, we use even the word fruitfulness to describe something that is productive or profitable. And, you know, the quality of fruit, it's dependent upon different factors like the right soil, the cultivation, the fertilization of it, the amount of rain, the amount of sunshine, and just God's blessing of it. And, and here's the thing about fruit. There's fruit in our lives that we have that will either sustain us or will either make us sick and kill us. You know, what we speak can either be positive or negative. Proverbs talks about the power of life is found in the tongue. The power of death is found in the tongue. So when we begin to complain against God, why'd you do that? How come you're allowing this? How come you're lying? What are we doing? We're speaking negativity and bad fruit is coming out of us. But when we begin to lift our praise to God and lifting your praise to God never ignores the situation. Sometimes people uh, misinterpret what a sacrifice of praise is, where it's like, oh, I just lost someone that lost someone. Someone died in my life. Oh, I'm going to ignore it. And I'm just going to praise God. No, A sacrifice of praise is acknowledging I just lost someone. Someone just died. I just lost my job. But in the middle of this, I am going to lift my eyes to heaven and I am going to praise you. And as you begin to speak, you produce good fruit. The fruit of our lips is to praise God for his goodness. It's audibly speaking of the greatness and acknowledging that God is in control. I love what Psalm chapter 63 verse 3 says. It says, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. There you go. And I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I love it when we audibly praise God in our church. I love it. You know, even the word hallelujah, so many times we we sing it in our brain. Even in secular songs, they sing the word and use the word hallelujah. You know what hallelujah literally means? It's two Hebrew words put together that means praise the Lord. So whenever you say hallelujah, whenever we sing hallelujah, what are we doing? We are singing praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're praising God audibly. I love not just praising God audibly. I love praising him with my body. I love to dance and praise God. I love in our church, we dance. Why? If you can dance at a sporting event when your team wins, you can dance in church when you're praising God. And I I love, that's why in our church we love to dance. Can I dance well? No, not at all. I'm not a good dancer, but I can move every now. I know how to, 
I know how to pop it, and I, I don't know how to lock it. Calm down, my worship team. Calm down. But I love to dance. You, you know who I love in the Bible? I talk about him all the time. I've already used some of the scriptures that he written, he, he's written, but it's David, King David. And I think if you could find one person in the Bible to represent a praiser, someone that with their mouth, with their body, with their lips, everything that praised God, it would be King David. And, and David learned how to give God not just praise in the good times, but give God praise in the sacrifice. That sacrifice of praise, a praise that cost David. You know, there's so many stories, there's so many Psalms that I could bring out to give you examples, but I want to go to 2 Samuel chapter 6, and you can read this story in your, old, in your own time. It's quite a, a long story, but in 2 Samuel 6, we see the story of David wanting to bring the ark of God back to Jerusalem. If you don't know what that is, just watch you know, one of the Indiana Jones movies or, or read the Bible. It's probably a better thing to do. But the ark of God, he's trying to bring it back. And so he brings 30,000 of the elite troops, and they all go to pick it up, and they put the ark on a cart that's being driven by oxen, number one mistake. And so they're praising, they're, they're praising, they're loving God. It's amazing, right? Because within this story, David at this time was praising the right God, but he was doing it the wrong way. That's a whole other sermon for a whole other day. Why was he doing it the wrong way? Because the way that the ark was supposed to be transported was not on the back of a cart being driven by oxen. That's how the Philistines who stole the ark originally transported it. That was the pagan way of doing it. God had commanded that the ark must be carried on poles and be carried only by uh, the Levitical priests within the tribe of Israel. Of Levi. And so David's praising God, but he's doing it the wrong way. As they're walking towards Jerusalem, all of a sudden one of the ox slips and falls, and a man named Uzzah, everyone say Uzzah, what a name, Uzzah, he reaches out trying to do the right thing to, to steady the ark. He touches the ark and he dies instantly. Why? Because the ark represented the holiness of God and sin could not touch that ark, right? Uzzah dies. David freaks out, right? He, the Bible even talks about it. In 2 Samuel 6, read it. He becomes afraid of the Lord. And so he says, I don't want it anymore. Send it away, send it away. And they give it to a man named Obed-Edom. Now, I've preached on Obed-Edom. I love the story of obed I don't have time to talk about it today, but let me give you the quick headlines. In three months that the ark is there, everything in Obed-Edom's house gets blessed. Why? Because the presence of God in the ark is in his house. Everything's blessed. His grass starts growing. Flowers, crops start growing. His children start behaving better. His wife all of a sudden got better looking within that three months. Everything in his household was blessed. David hears about it. David hears, man, this Obadiah, he's being blessed. Why? The ark is there. I need to bring that back. So you know what David does? Finally, he reads the Torah. He reads, not just to praise the right God, but how to praise that God. And he goes back and, and he grabs it and, and he puts the ark on the poles carried by the priest. But, but this is what he does. He does it a little bit different. And can I tell you this? This is where the sacrifice came in because David was afraid of God. Someone had already died. So for David to go back again, that was humility. For David to change the way he was doing it, he was sacrificing his pride. Not in front of just God, but in front of the entire nation that was watching it. And, and he didn't just walk praising God this time. And you can read it. This is incredible. It, the Bible describes that he took six steps. They each took six steps. And on the seventh step, they stopped and they sacrificed animals and they had a praise party, right? So go with me, camera. Are we okay? Are we with me, camera? What have I got? Are we with you? Okay. So what they would do is they would take six steps. So they'd be like this. One, two, 
two, three, four, five, six, right? They take six steps. That's it. And then they would bring out the cows. They'd bring out the fat and they'd start sacrificing and praising. Oh, we praise you. Hallelujah. This is how I praise you. Oh, right. They start praising and everything. They're done. What do they do next? They take six more steps. One, two, three, four, five, six. Bring out the animals. And what do they do? They start getting tambourines. It's going on. David starts dancing. They're going crazy. They, they do this. Are you ready for this? They do this for more than 10 kilometers from Obed-Edom's house all the way back to Jerusalem. And the Bible tells us that David danced before the Lord so much as what the Bible says, that his clothes began to fall off. Come on, could you imagine if we get back to church together and we begin to dance so much that our clothes begin to fall off? I never want that to happen. But could you imagine if your praise was so exuberant to God that your clothes began to fall off? When I grew up in church, and I know there's a lot of church kids watching right now, or maybe you grew up too and you were playing, they wrote a song about this. It said, when the spirit of the Lord is in my heart, I will dance like David, dance. And then we'd get tambourines with ribbons on them, flags are waving around the church, and we'd all go, I will dance, I will dance, I will dance like David, right like come on church kids you know what I'm talking about give us a wave in the comments right now if you know exactly what I mean right we, we sang that song and we would all dance like David that why because David was sacrificing his pride he was sacrificing his agenda in front of a nation and you know what ended up happening as he came back into the city his wife Michael was up in the room the daughter of Saul the king's daughter and she looked down in disgust at her husband who was dancing disgust. She, she looked at it and she was disgusted by his dancing. He came in and she saw him and she goes, how could you do that? And he said, I will, I will become even more undignified than this for my Lord. Can I tell you this, that when you begin to give God a sacrifice of praise, there will be people around you that don't have the same revelation as you that will struggle with your praise. And you know what ended up happening to Michael? That she ended up being barren for the rest of her life. Her lack of ability to praise God actually brought a spirit of barrenness upon her. David, he praised God with all his might. He prayed, he, even though it, it cost him, he praised him. You read throughout all the Psalms, and David, in the worst times of his life, in the hardest times, in the cave of Ajulam, where people are coming against him, where, where his father-in-law's trying to kill him, where armies are coming against him, and he's in that moment, and in that moment of despair, what does he do? He cries out to God, and he, even when he probably doesn't feel like it, he chooses to praise God. You know, in my life, uh, I know exactly what this feels like to give God a sacrifice of praise. You know, many in our church know this story. Uh, when I was 22 years old, uh, I was uh, married, and my wife passed away after nine weeks of marriage in our bed. It was, it was horrific. It was a, a horrible moment uh, in my life, and, um, and I, I wouldn't ever, ever wish it upon my worst enemy. And, uh, and that day, it was a very, very, very tough day. And, uh, 
And I remember at the end of that night, it was about 12, 13 hours later, uh, you know, uh, I was starting to get a little bit frustrated. I was getting a little bit like, you know, why did this happen? The shock was wearing off a little bit in me. And and I went down to our church. My older sister, uh, Jemima, uh, took me and my best friend, Troy, and and she needed to pick something up from church. And so, uh, you know, we went down uh, to church. And so we went there. And, um, and, and, you know, I just jumped on the piano. Uh, and I jumped on the piano, and I just started to play the piano. And, and as I was playing the piano, I just, I, I was starting to get really frustrated. You know, there was no reason why uh, my wife had died. Uh, there was no reason at all, uh, even to this day medically, I still don't know why she died. And I was starting to get really frustrated at God, like, why? Why did this happen? How, how come you let this happen? And I was hurting. The shock was wearing off, and I was, I was really, really hurting. And it's in that moment that I, 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 I got this vision, and I've shared this before, and it was this vision of, of you know, whether I could be a victim through this situation or be a victor through it. And in that moment after that vision, I remembered this sermon that I heard preached. In fact, it was a sermon on, on the, the, the seventh step. The six, praise, the, six, uh, the six steps of walking and the seventh step of praise. And it was called a sacrifice of praise. And, and I remember hearing this sermon about how, you know, it's easy a lot to praise God when everything's going good. When you just got that job promotion, it's good. You know, when you just got that girlfriend, boyfriend married, just got a brand new baby, whatever it is, when you just got pregnant, it's good. We praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But when things are bad, that's when it's a sacrifice of praise. And I remember in that moment having this struggle and this fight. Can I tell you, you're going to have a fight. I'm not going to try and make this all spiritual and nice and easy for you. It's going to be tough to praise God in the midst of the depths of your darkness. It will cost you. That's why it's a sacrifice. That's why we praise God even when I didn't feel like it. In that moment, I did not feel like praising God, but I chose to. And I began to praise God. I began to thank him that he died on the cross for me. I began to thank him that he'd saved a a scared little insecure 17-year-old pastor's kid that hated church and hated the ministry and, and how he came and he saved me and he brought identity into my life. He gave me purpose, a calling, direction. I began to praise him that I knew where my wife was, that even though she had died, I knew she was in heaven. I knew she had a relationship with Jesus. And as I began to praise, I felt, the presence of God come and begin to fill me more than I'd ever felt in my life. And I felt God speak to me in my spirit. And God whispered these words and he said, I'll be your comfort and I'll be your strength. It's amazing when we allow our praise to go up to heaven. Can I share with you? My situation did not change. My wife was still dead and the pain was still there. But in that moment, what changed was my perspective. My perspective changed. And as he said, I'll be your comfort and I'll be your strength, I felt in that moment perspective shift. And I felt him give me strength in my life. Did it cost me? Yeah, it did. Was it tough? Yeah. Could I do it again? I really hope so. Other people couldn't understand it. I would meet people, and, I would, I, and they would say, hey, tell me your story. And, and I'd tell them, I'd go, wow, I don't know if I could ever do that. 
And, and you know, oh, wow, I, know, I don't know if I could ever, I could ever, and I go, well, I hope you never have to find out, but this is what I know, is that in that moment, it cost me, it was a sacrifice of praise, but what I gave God was nothing compared to what he gave me. He gave me eternal life. You know, maybe you're watching here today. Maybe you're here, and, and you're in your lounge rooms, you're in your living rooms, and, and, and maybe you're watching, and you don't know Jesus. You've never had a relationship with Jesus. You've never come to Jesus and asked him to forgive you of your sins. You know, I, I want to give you an opportunity right now to actually ask Jesus into your life. You know, it's our sin that separates us from Jesus, but because of what he did on the cross where he died and he rose again, we can actually come to God through Jesus, acknowledging what he did on the cross, and we can come into relationship with him. If you've never made that decision before, or maybe you made that decision a long time ago, but you walked away, I, I wanna invite you to pray a simple prayer with me right now. In a moment, we're going to worship and we're going to praise. We're going to praise. And I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you, even right now in the middle of COVID, to give God a sacrifice of praise. But before we do that, if you're saying, James, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I can't even praise him because I, I don't even have a relationship with him. Well, I want to give you that chance and that opportunity now. So if that's you, I, I want you to put your hand on your heart, close your eyes, and I want you to repeat these words with me. All we're doing is praying a prayer that reflects what the Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 10, where he says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So come on, say these words with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I ask you to forgive my sin. I confess that you died on the cross, but you rose again for me. So please come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my best friend. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You know what? If you made that decision, if you prayed that prayer, whether for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time coming back to Jesus, I want to tell you that is the greatest decision that you will ever make. And I want to encourage you right now, if you're watching on Facebook, we've got a question that's popping up right now to say, did you pray that prayer? And we'd love you to respond because we want to help you in that decision. If you prayed it and you're watching it on YouTube, you can just click in the link description just below where it says, you know, I prayed that prayer. Uh, uh, you can click there. If you're on Kumu, please just reach out to us, write us or Twitter, write us, put up your hand, say, I prayed that prayer and we'll private message you. Uh, but we want to help you in your journey uh, to become more like Jesus and to know what it means to be a Christian. But I want to congratulate. It's the greatest thing you could ever do. You know, for the rest of us now, uh, I want us to put into action uh, what we're doing. And, and you know, I want to encourage you. Uh, that sometimes we think that the only time we praise is the first two songs of church, you know, or, or the first one song in, in lockdown quarantine where we just do one praise song. Can I tell you that praise is not just those couple of fast songs. Praise can be in some of the slow songs. Praise can be after church. Praise can be when you wake up. In Psalm 150 verse 6, it says this, let everything that has breath, what? Praise the Lord and just for good measure, he said it again, praise the Lord. That means that animals praise the Lord. That means that humans praise the Lord. And I want to just challenge you today that if you have breath, I want to challenge you 
to praise the Lord right now. So wherever you are, can you stand up or can you kneel or can you move or can you get out of bed? Can you do whatever you need to do to position yourself, to change your perspective? If you're in the middle of loss right now, if you're in the middle of a hard time right now, this praise, it's gonna cost you. But what you'll get from God is so much more than what you could ever give God. So I want us to lift our voice and I want us to declare, oh, praise the name. Thank you so much for listening in. At Favorite Church, we're a family and we believe that the Christian journey should not be done alone. If something really spoke to you from the message, we would love to connect with you to talk it over. Or if you prayed the salvation prayer, we'd also love to be able to share more about the decision that you've just made. Please visit us at favor.church slash next to learn more. If you want to share this podcast with a friend, simply tap on the share button and send it through. We love you. We're praying for you. Till next time.